don't know if you remember this. I used to keep a cap gun by my bed because I was convinced that if I shot the cap gun, it would scare the intruder. I mean, I mean, it would at least for a second. And if not, smack him across the face with it. Yeah, absolutely. Pistol whip. <laughs> Welcome back to the Bug and Rug Podcast. As always, my name's Caitlin. As usual, I'm Whitney. And today we're bringing you another story that may or may not keep you up at night. Hopefully by the end of it, we will all still be able to sleep as snug as a bug in a rug. But only time will tell. You know, what will not keep me up at night is... How Survivor works. There, because yes. thankfully, <laughs> Kirsten messaged us. And broke it down. We Had I, it, I was wrong. It doesn't last for nine months. <laughs> I was kind of confused, but now it makes sense to me. I started watching it from the beginning. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And in the first couple of seasons, there's no hidden immunity idols. Mm-hmm. And I was very, very confused. Well, I also thought that, like, it was a weekly thing. Like, someone got kicked off every week. That's why I thought it lasted so long. Because <laughs> I was like, there's, like, 20 people that start the show. Yeah. But I was wrong. It's every three days or something like that. Yeah, it's not RuPaul's Drag Race season 13 here. <laughs> There's 20,000 episodes. I can't do it. I can't do it. Oh, I need to find something new to watch. What are you doing? I need something to put my tea bag on. Oh. My tea gets too strong. <laughs> what are you doing? This is tea. Well, before we start our official story, I would like to begin our story with a story of where I got the inspiration for the oh, larger okay. story. Before we start the story, we're going to have a story about the story with the story and that, 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 that. It started with the hey. hey. It started with the hey. Mom, brown. <laughs> anyway, mom and, our mom and dad called us, what, I don't know, two, three days ago? They were watching a movie, and apparently in this movie, um, people were walking up to their cars, not paying attention, And there were strangers hiding behind their cars Mm -hmm. and that were popping out and murdering them. Mm -hmm. Something like that. I don't know what the movie was. So our dad, they they FaceTimed us and our our papa gave us a life lesson. And I'm going to impart this on to all of our listeners. Yeah. Impart, is that the right word? Yeah. (laughs) I try Mm -hmm. to sound fancy sometimes. No, you're going to impart it. Um, he wants everybody to know. Well, I want everybody to know. We want you all to know. We want you all to know. So he said when you're walking up to your car, clearly there's a bunch of factors that we need to think of, right? And I'll get into this a little bit later. But the one that he doesn't think everybody's aware of, which, I mean, I guess I kind of assumed, but now I think we've been more vigilant about it. He said when you're walking up to your car, you don't walk straight up to your car. Like if you're coming at it from the side and you need to walk around the car to get to the driver's side, he said you got to leave about six feet of space. So that way when you turn to walk into the driver's side, you have plenty of time to see if there's anyone hiding there. Mm-hmm. You have plenty of time to run. Yeah. And you're not just walking, you're not just bumping into a kidnapper essentially. Right. Don't take a sharp right. Or left. Don't take a sharp corner around your car. Yeah, if you can be, if you're, if you're touching your car, if your arm's length away from your car, you're too close. 
You're too close. You're too close. Back up. Yeah. You got to make sure nobody's hiding. You got to make sure nobody has magneted themselves to the side of your car. Yeah, or squatting down behind the rear rear wheel. Mm-hmm. Now, I, I, I know we think this is silly, but I we did hear, I know it happened in the movie, but we did hear about this happening that one Black Friday, unless it was a myth, of people like hiding under people's cars and like cutting their Achilles. I think that's like a big myth, but I am terrified of that. I mean, I'm sure it's happened, right? Like the story had to come from somewhere. Yeah. There is truth where truth is. And stealing all their stuff. They didn't just do that. <laughs> they just cut their Achilles and ran off. Right. So that has inspired me. Plus a story that I heard from the guy on YouTube that I watch all the time, Mr. Ballin. Um, he briefly talked about this story. And it's about self-defense. Heck yeah. We're going to get into a little bit about self-defense because I know my strategy is to run as fast as I can. We're runners. I have strong legs. We were runners. We, we were runners. I'm a runner, though, not a fighterist. Right now, if I had to pick one... Oh, fight or flight? I think I'd pick flight as well. Yeah. I'm, I'm what, 5'7", 125. Mm-hmm. I'm not big. I think I'd pick flail. I, well... Fight, flight, fight, fight, flight, 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 fight. Flight, flight, flail, fight, flight, flight, flail, fight. We're changing the motto. <laughs> I think that I would try flight, mm-hmm. but... If I, I would fight by flailing. Yeah. Yes. Sure. Sure. We'll go. Yes. We'll go with that. Now, I'm, I'm going to talk a little bit about self-defense techniques, per se, at the end of this story. But I want to talk about a woman who tr- is trying to inspire women who are confronted with violence yeah. to fight back. So if you're just tuning in for our self-defense tips, skip to the end of the episode. Skip to the end of the episode. If you're here for our goofs, gags, and great storytelling, along with interjections of musical ar- ar- artisticness, <laughs> keep it here, folks. Right, yeah. Okay, I was just going to let you dig yourself out of that one. You did. You did well. It's fine. Artisticness. I, I don't know what that was. I don't, I don't know. So our story today is about Susan Walters. Her name is Susan Walters. Susan. Now, Susan Walters was born in 1955 to a father who was an Air Force cook and a mother who was a homemaker. I don't honestly know what that means. I think uh, she's a stay-at-home mom? A stay-at-home mom. Okay. Mm-hmm. She... It could have been she built homes, for all I know. That's a very tricky, tricky word. Yeah, I think usually homemaker is, like, a stay-at-home mom, but they, like, do the cooking and the cleaning, yeah. and they might do other... Take care of the kids, all that. Yeah, they stuff. might do quilting or other types of right. crafty things as well. Right. They might build homes. They might build homes. We don't know, really. Now, her parents unfortunately separated when she was in the second grade. Her life after that got very chaotic, to say the least. Um, She was actually moved from state to state, shuttled between different schools, and sent back and forth between parents. Now, Susan eventually became a licensed practical nurse and then went on to become a registered nurse. She moved to Oregon in the early 80s, settling in Portland, and began working as as an emergency room nurse. Let's give snaps for nurses. I couldn't do it. I I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. Mm -mm. And I'm in medical school. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I... Yeah, I... It's, it is a very important job, and I am not cut out for it. So I'm glad that there are people out there who are willing to. Me neither. They're <laughs> they doing the work. They are, they are. They really are. Now, in 1988, 
a friend of Susan's and Susan's mother paid for a personal ad for Susan in a newspaper called the Willamette Week, W-I-L-L-A-M-E-T-T-E Week. This newspaper is based in Portland, Oregon, and they actually interview her later. So that's where I got a lot of this story from, is her interview from there. Okay. So um, that's definitely a source. So definitely look it up if you're interested in the story. It's fascinating. Now, they put, a, they put this ad in the newspaper for okay. her. It states, Someone different. Single white female, 33, overweight but not over life, seeks single male who wants more out of a relationship than just quote-unquote slender. Active healthcare professional enjoys exploring the Northwest, interested in conversation, good times with somebody who is intelligent, thoughtful, and full of humor. Must be emotionally, physically mature. If you are seeking a bright, funny lady who is adventurous enough to advertise, then please reply. Willamette Week, Box 240. This is brave. This is like Tinder before there was Tinder. Yes. Yes. Get out there. This also kind of reminds me of like, this isn't like this, but the misconnections on... Was it eBay or whatever? It's like you, single white female, was shopping for chicken nuggets yes, in aisle nineteen of Kroger. That just happened in Morgantown. Do you really? remember? Yeah. No. This guy put um I don't know where he put it into, but WVAQ, the radio station in Morgantown, one of them got a hold of it. Yeah. And it was a guy who said, <laughs> you know, I saw this girl in the frozen pizza section mm-hmm. at Kroger. Yeah. And we had a really good conversation and I just like did not think to, to get her number. Oh, yeah. I think number. I remember you telling and me about this. And they found her. I don't know what happened, but I think they did find yeah. her. I mean, this thing, this is like, I mean, it's the 80s, right? Mm-hmm. She's a nurse, probably working all the time. She probably doesn't have a lot of chances to go out with her friends and meet new people. So I think I was a little bit, I hope she knew that they were posting this and what they said before they posted it. But... Good for her, right? She's out there looking for somebody. Now, she actually got several replies, but the reply that caught Susan's attention the most read, Hi, different. My name is Mike. I'm a 39-year-old DWM. I'm actually not sure what that means. Something white man? I don't know. Domestic white male? Maybe. As opposed to what not domestic? Feral? (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. Um, wait, uh, stop right here, and I want you to take this line and put it further back where I said it was right after the 80s is prior, is post, do you like pina coladas? Do you like pina coladas? Because that came out, apparently, in September of 1979. Isn't it something about walking on the beach and... I don't know, but it's about two people that are trying to cheat on each other, but accidentally find each other in the personal ads. Oh. <laughs> anyway, the ad continues. I enjoy most things in nature, from wandering in the ape caves at Mount St. Helens to walking on the beach at sunset. That kind of goes back to that song a little bit. Pina coladas. Pina coladas. Does thing. he like pina coladas? Maybe. The Mike that replied ended up being Michael Kuhnhausen. K-U-H-N-H-A-U-S-E-N. Okay. They spoke on the phone for over 100 hours before actually meeting in person. Susan said that she liked the sound of his voice and that he didn't mind talking about deeper things. Like pina coladas. Like pina coladas. And and getting caught in the rain. It's getting caught in the rain. That's right. (laughs) 
Now, their first date occurred on February of 1988, and it must have been great because within the year, they were driving to Reno to get married. Oh, hey, get it. Go Susan! (laughs) Go Susan! Now, unfortunately, although we are hyping her up a little bit, all of the excitement soon fizzled out for Susan as she got to know Mike a little bit better. Mm, always does. Mike has... That's, wait, wait, wait. That's not true. That was rash of me. I'm sure sometimes... Love always fades. <laughs> you can't keep a fire burning forever. I'm sorry, I don't okay. mean it. Sure, sure. Well, in this situation, it did. So Mike had apparently lied about his past work experience. Um, He was a chain smoker, and he had a life of philosophy, which was, life is a shit sandwich, and every day you take another bite until you die. (laughs) That's a big-ass sandwich. Can we just talk about... You're eating forever. (laughs) That ain't no $5 foot long. No, no. Now, as Susan worked and went out to lunch with her friends, Mike would also hound her about her spending all this money. It's her money. Right. I mean, he had a job, too, but I don't know how much he I don't care. compared to her, so. It's her money. Right, exactly. So she stayed with Mike until September of 2005. Um, at this point, she cared about him, but she wasn't happy. So she actually kicked him out of the house. He moved back in with his father, and she asked for a divorce. Yes. Go, Susan. She wanted to get her life back. Yeah, sure. I mean, if you're not happy, I would say try counseling. But if it's not going to work out, it's not going to work out. Yeah. Yeah. Get out of there. Now, as she was starting to get her life together, the unthinkable happened. Oh, no. Oh, dear. Now, on the evening of Wednesday, September 6th, 2006, 51-year-old Susan uh, Kuhnhausen, now Walters again, that's her maiden name, ended her shift as an emergency room nurse at the Providence Portland Medical Center and stopped at the Perfect Look hair salon before going home. While waiting for her turn, she picked up an Oprah magazine and read a poem by Donna Markova. It reads... I will not die an unlived life. I will not live in fear of falling or catching fire. I choose to inhabit my days to allow my living to open me to make me less afraid, more accessible, to loosen my heart until it becomes a wing, a torch, a promise. I choose to risk my significance to live so that which came to me as seed goes to the next as blossom and that which came to me as blossom goes on as fruit. All right. Now, she remembers this particular poem because it really struck home for her Mm because it's about a less, about a year since she kicked him out. You know, she's Mm -hmm. getting her life back on track. Yeah. So this to her was a really like, yeah, good sign. I I am a phoenix. I will rise from the ashes. Exactly. Now, one hour later after she, you know, was at the, got her hair done, Mm -hmm. saw this poem, she uh, was feeling content, feeling inspired, and she just, just was driving home, feeling good. Mm-hmm. She lived in a home in Mon- Monteville, Monteville, in the Monteville neighborhood of Southeast Portland. Sorry, I was my mind was trying to make me say Montana. In the in the Montana in the Montana, <laughs> she lived in the Montana. As she entered the mud room at the back of the house, she found a note left by her husband. Now she had asked him to house sit for the cats. And he had told her that he couldn't because he was taking a short trip, but he still knew, like, the, she hadn't changed the locks or the alarm codes, so the note wasn't out of the ordinary. Mm-hmm. Um, his note said, Sue, haven't been sleeping, had to get away, went to the beach, I will be home on Friday or Saturday, love, Emmy. 
Now, I don't know if that's supposed to be me or supposed to be something else. But she didn't think much of it because she was like, oh, he might have just stopped by, checked on the cats really quick, grabbed something, left me a note saying that he was going to the beach and took off. Yeah, I mean, he could have still had some stuff in the house, like a beach chair or an yeah. or something. And at this point, they're not, like, she still cared about him, so they're not necessarily estranged. Mm-hmm. They're still friendly. Yeah, and they're not divorced yet. They're, like, separated. Yeah, I don't I don't know when their divorce was finalized. Mm-hmm. But it, it's only been about a year, so it's probably just separation still. Right. Because I think it might take longer than that. Or about. Yeah, I think it depends on how much money you have for the fees and yeah, stuff the process. Like that. Right. So, not thinking much about this note, she was like, oh, okay, he left. She walked through the house, disarmed the home security system, went out the front door, and picked up the mail. On her way back inside, she kicked her shoes off and stopped, and she got the feeling that something was amiss. Hmm. So looking around her home, it was a one-floor home, Mm -hmm. she noticed that her bedroom on the first floor was very, very dark. Now, Susan distinctly remembers opening the curtains before leaving for work, and it was only about 6.30-ish, so it shouldn't necessarily be pitch black in her room. Okay. Very observant of her. Good. Right, right. And she said she she always opened the curtains, like, in the morning. Mm-hmm. It's, like a, it's like a little ritual she does. Right, right. And you let the sunlight in. Like, it makes sense, yeah. depending on what time she goes to work. Now, she was like, well, there should at least be some light streaming through the room. Um, so she started to set down the n- mail, and she was like, mm, I wonder if maybe Mike closed the curtains. But then she was like, I don't know why he would have gone into the bedroom and closed the curtains. Like, Mm -hmm. that doesn't make any sense. So as she was kind of trying to figure out why this had happened, a strange man actually came out from behind the bedroom door and lunged towards her. Oh! The intruder stood at 5 foot 9 inches and weighed approximately 190 pounds. He wore dockers, a blue striped shirt, and a tan baseball hat pulled low over his eyes. He wore rubber gloves, yellow rubber gloves, and was carrying a red and black claw hammer. Now, although the thought of running immediately came to Susan's mind, she realized that she did not have enough time to get out the front door. No. And as he was getting closer, Susan decided to, well, her brain just kicked into gear. She started rushing through all the knowledge that she had learned about self-defense. Okay. Now, she, as an emergency room nurse, had actually been trained in self-defense. Good. But this training was mostly used to disarm, like, disorderly injured individuals that came into the ER. Mm -hmm. So, like, she was mostly doing it to perform medical procedures on them. So, like, putting IVs in, somebody Mm -hmm. who's, like, thrashing around. Now, they did learn how to slip, like, in and out of headlocks and clutches of rowdy patients. But, again, these people were usually injured or drunk. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. not necessarily coming to kill her. Right. I would hope not. Right, right. I mean, I would hope not anyway. <laughs> but she realized this is all she knew, so she's just going to go with it. Bob and weave. So her instincts kicked in, and she immediately started rushing back towards the intruder. Heck yeah. She knew that if his weapon, like, if he was swinging his weapon and she was close enough, that his swing wouldn't be hard or wide. Right. So, like, even if he did hit her, it would not be as hard as if he had a full swing smacking her in the face. Right. Does that make like, sense? I mean, think about a wrecking ball. If yeah. you have a wrecking ball on an itty-bitty chain, what's it going to do? Right. Maybe bobble back and forth. But if it gets enough momentum, yeah. it's going to really do some damage. Mm-hmm. 
So get close enough to him that you can't yeah. move the wrecking ball. Yeah, she was like, he's going to swing this at me. I have to try to slow his momentum or close the distance so he's not getting a full swing in. Right. Now, the intruder did hit her on the left temple, but it was an easy enough blow that she was able to stay upright. Now, Susan was only five foot four, but she realized quickly that she greatly outweighed her attacker. <laughs> Get him, Susan. So her plan was to just continue with her momentum and try to hit him as hard as he can, as she can, and try to knock him off balance. Like tackle him, basically. Right. She was hoping to push him over, mm-hmm. like, with a, as, as hard as she could, yeah. a forceful shove. It's like a drop your shoulder and go. Right, pretty much. Now, as she was trying to push him over, she screamed, who are you and what do you want? Unfortunately, she didn't push him over. The man steadied himself and pushed her against the wall of the bedroom and uttered, you're strong. Hmm. This small statement made Susan realize that this man only cared about killing her. He did not say anything else for this entire time. That was the only thing. So, at this moment, she was like, I am in trouble. Yeah. I'm I mean, big, if he's just trouble. like, huh, you're strong. Yeah. It's some type of a, he's very goal-oriented. Yeah. He's there to kill you. Right. The pair began struggling for the hammer, and Susan actually ended up wrestling it away from the man. Good. She began swinging it at him, hitting him three or four times in the skull. The man snatched the hammer back, so Susan grabbed the attacker by his throat. Watching his face turn from red to purple, Susan got frightened and realized she was essentially choking him out. Yeah. And tried to flee. She thought maybe she had a moment to get away. Unfortunately, the man was right behind her. He was able to grab her and punch her multiple times in the face. The pair fell to the floor with Susan kind of pulling him down over him. So she was, he punched her and she kind of fell, but she was able to grab a hold of him and pull him down to yeah. knock him off balance as well. Sure. Don't have him standing over you. That's not going to go Right, well. exactly. Now, she immediately began biting him while simultaneously trying to... She said she was trying to, like, find a wallet or something. Anything she could find and, like, toss in the house. So if right. she did die police would have an ID. Like, if you throw his wallet under the bed mm-hmm. and they find that, they're sure. going to figure out who it is if he gets away. I Like, scratching it, DNA under your fingernails. Right. That's what she was She was scratching, biting, trying to, you know, grab at his pockets to see if there's mm-hmm. anything in there that she could use to give a clue to the police. Now, 14 minutes into the fight, they were pressed tightly in between the walls of her hallway she was actually able to throw her left leg around the intruder's body, climb on top of him, and hook her left arm around his neck. As she began to choke out the man, she shouted, Tell me who sent you, and I will call you a f-ing ambulance. The man only growled in response. As an ER nurse for nearly 30 years now, Susan pretty much understood that she was going to kill this guy. Yeah. She had no choice. No. Yeah. After the man went limp in her arms, Susan grabbed the hammer and raced to her neighbor's house. The neighbor brought Susan into her home and immediately called 911. And I have part of the 911 call. My hands are so sweaty. I know, I know. I keep wringing <laughs> my hands. It's it's intense. Um, so here's the 911 call. The neighbor says, we have an intruder in the house next door. The intruder was in the bedroom with a hammer. The woman who lives there thinks she may have strangled him. He was down when she left dispatcher is that what you call them yep uh can you put her on the phone neighbor she's bleeding dispatcher does she need an ambulance neighbor no she's a nurse she says call an ambulance for the guy he may be dead dispatcher what did she use on him she strangled him what else did she do 
the neighbor. She put a chokehold on him. Dispatcher, I've got to, I've got help on the way. Stay on the line. Neighbor, she has a hammer here. Dispatcher, don't touch it. Don't touch it. Just leave it there. Neighbor, she hit him in the head several times. That's the hammer he had with him. She struck him and she strangled him and she thinks he's dead. Dispatcher, was he by himself? Neighbor, did he have anybody with him? No, she expressed a concern that it may have been her ex-partner who sent the person. Dispatcher, have there been problems with her ex-husband or her ex-partner? Neighbor, she did talk to Mike, her ex-partner, and ask him to house it for the cats, and he said he couldn't do it. He was on his way to the beach. He left her a note. He knows the alarm. Dispatcher, okay, that's good information to pass to the officers. So that's kind of what I have in the number one. The neighbor's name was Anne Warnock, by the way. Just saying. Thank you, Anne. Thank you, Anne. Now, when police arrived, they pronounced the attacker dead at the scene. He was then identified as 59-year-old Edward Dalton Haffey. Haffey had previously been convicted of aggravated murder of his ex-girlfriend, 39-year-old Georgia Lee Dutton, in 1994. After being released from prison in November 3rd, 2003, he actually found a job at the same place that Mike was working. This relationship had investigators suspicious of Mike and further evidence that they found in the basement of Susan's home further incriminated her ex-husband. Why did he only serve 10 years in prison for aggravated murder? I don't know. I don't really know what the situation was. I think he made a plea deal of some kind. I don't know. Okay. I don't know. Sorry. No, it's okay. I just didn't look. I just didn't look into it. Now, a backpack presumably belonging to Haffy contained a container of Hershey's syrup, $200 in cash, diabetes pills, a daybook with an entry on September 4th stating, call Mike, a pay stub made out to Haffy, and a manila envelope that listed Mike's new cell phone number. It was later revealed that he was a Vietnam veteran and his family said he was having a lot of time, a hard time after he got out of jail. And then it was later found that he was on cocaine mm-hmm. when he attacked mm-hmm. her. So he had a drug issue as well. So he probably needed, he needed money, money for drugs. Yeah. Because addictions, is, it's a very serious issue. Yeah. You'll do just about anything to get that high. And he's killed someone before. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. All of this evidence obviously connected Mike to Haffy in some way. So they went back and started tracking Mike's movements for the day of the attack. They had found that he'd actually, he did drive to the coast. Mm -hmm. Um, He checked into a hotel with a credit card, but he returned to Portland that same evening. The next day, he purchased a revolver. And then on September 8th, a note was found at his father's home saying, All I ever wanted was to be loved, and every time I had it, I fucked up. They, at this point, was assumed that Mike was going to try to commit suicide. Mm -hmm. Um, So the police put out a bulletin. They found him at 10 a.m. on September 13th in the parking garage of Kayser's Sunnyside Medical Center. So I think it was like a mental health facility, and he was Mm -hmm. saying he was trying to check himself in. Even though he claimed innocence, the evidence was too thorough for Mike to get away with what he did. So they believe that the motive for him was he was after the $300,000 home that Susan was living in at the time. Mm -hmm. So she had actually changed all of her life insurance policies and anything that Mike might be able to get a hold of to her brother. And so the house was the only thing left that would... Go to him. If she died, it would go to him. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, Mike was desperate 
for money because he had lost his job weeks prior to this attack. And so it turned out that he potentially offered Haffy $50,000 to kill her. Probably saying, if, if we get this house, I can sell it. I'll give you part of the money. Yeah. Here's, maybe here's $200 in cash in advance. That could be why he had the $200 yeah. in his backpack. Yeah. Michael Kuhnhausen was eventually sentenced to seven years in prison after pleading guilty to solici- solicitation of murder. Susan was interviewed like a year prior to him getting out of prison. Mm-hmm. And she... Oh, yeah, because he's out. So she was basically saying that, like, she was terrified because she was like, what if he met someone in prison? What if he got somebody on the outside to do it again? What if he comes for me himself? Like, what do I do? Like, she was pretty much like, he got seven years. That's great. But I'm living a terrified life Mm -hmm. forever now because of this. I I didn't write this down, but she did a lot of things with her her lawyers who she... Praised highly because they helped her essentially get a restraining order so he wasn't allowed in the same county as her. Wow, good. Um, She sued him and won a million dollars for, like, emotional stuff. Um, And then there was something else that they allowed. um, I think he was on probation for, like, longer. So he had to check in, like, every so often. Oh, I'm sure. He couldn't leave certain areas. Mm -hmm. She still ended up moving, got a ton of security systems for her home. She placed gravel around her entire house so that if someone tried to come up to her house, she would hear them, hear hear their footsteps. Mm -hmm. In all the interviews, she basically says, like, self-defense essentially helped save my life. Absolutely. And I realized that I wasn't... She's like, I don't want to kill. It was either... She was like, I didn't want to kill that guy, but I wanted to save my life. Yeah. So she's like, that's why I fought, because I wanted to save my own life. Kill or be killed at that point. Yeah. Fortunately for Susan, which sounds terrible, but Mike's jerk, uh, Mike actually died in prison six months prior to being released due to natural causes. I believe he had prostate cancer. Oh. Uh, Or some sort of cancer. Yeah. So Susan Walters now speaks up to inspire other targets of violence, telling them, If you feel like, wow, I don't feel like I can do that, you can. You're stronger than you know. Mm -hmm. So, that is basically her story. Um, Being inspired by Susan Walters, I've tried to put together some tips for all of us. Yes, please. Um, First and foremost, we should take self-defense classes. This is not a self-defense class. I cannot show you special moves. Via audio. Via audiobook or in general, right? I just can't. My father has spoken to us many times about taking self-defense classes and there are some in the area so our homework everybody is to find a self-defense class near us and Mm -hmm. take it sure okay that's all i gotta say about that now a study from the university of oregon found that women who participated in self-defense classes felt that they had better safety strategies in place, were more equipped to deal with strangers and people they know in the context of potential assault or abuse, had more positive feelings about their bodies, and had increased self-confidence. Sure. So this could help us in a multitude of ways. Mm -hmm. Even if we haven't taken the classes, there are some ways to help you out in a scary situation. Don't walk real close to your car. Don't walk walk real close to your car. No. And like I said, these aren't, Special moves, like if you look stuff up, they're like moves. These are just kind of tips to think about Mm -hmm. all every day. Keep in mind. Keep in mind. The first thing, 
let's just not even get attacked, huh? Prevention is key. And with that comes... Don't, don't get married. <laughs> don't get divorced. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Always be aware of your surroundings. Mm-hmm. I am sometimes terrible at this because I look at my phone all the time. But Susan was able to give herself a few seconds because she realized my bedroom lights... Something's wrong in my bedroom. Yes, I wanted to talk about this, too. Yeah. Like, the fact that she was self-aware enough to be mm-hmm. like... Something's wrong. There's a note here, but he said he wasn't... Mike said he wasn't coming over. Mm-hmm. Maybe he came to check on the cats. But she has a routine. Yep. It's not like a SWAT team going in and clearing the house. But you have a routine every day. Yeah. And if you are self-aware to sit and just make sure nothing's out of place on one glance around... Yeah. You're going to notice something like this. Yeah. In a situation, seconds matter. Mm-hmm. And, and although, like, she didn't have time to run away, this these few seconds helped her figure out, he's going to hit me with that hammer. I need to get as close to him as I possibly can. Exactly. If he would have had one good hit, yeah. that first hit. Would have knocked it, her out. If it would have been a good hit, mm-hmm. game over. Mm-hmm. So always be aware of your surroundings. We need to be observant of everything. This comes back to the car situation that we just talked about. Be aware when you're walking back to your car from places or to your home, try to walk in well-lit areas. Mm -hmm. Try to look where you're going to go and see, okay, what, is there anything amiss with my car? Does it look normal? Do I see anything? Um, Is there anyone standing next to my apartment door that looks like they don't belong there, don't Mm -hmm. live there? I don't recognize this person. Who are they? Don't keep your eyes down on your phone like I do sometimes. Don't play, Pokemon Go is great, but don't. Don't stare at your phone. <laughs> I um, stay on the phone with somebody at all times when I'm walking back Yeah, right when now. I walk dogs at night, I usually call somebody mm-hmm. just in case. Just in case. And that's another great tip. If you have your phone, I, ju- I literally just read a book today where the girl was in college and she was nervous to walk from her library on campus back to her dorm room. Mm-hmm. So she dialed 911 and just had it up, and then if an emergency happens, she just had to yeah. hit send. So, I mean, you can do things like that. I know there's apps out there that track yeah. your movements or things. Mm-hmm. We share our location with each mm-hmm. other. There's an app. Uh, there's probably a couple. Uh, I don't remember what it's called, but if you hold, there's like a button, mm-hmm. and you hold it down, and if you take your finger off that button. For more than however long. Right. Then yeah. it calls 911 automatically exactly. and sends your location. Exactly. Um, not only your phone, you can use other things as well. You can use your keys. A lot of times places tell you to hold your keys like within your fingers. Mm-hmm. Also, if you're going to and from your car, you can hold your finger on the panic button. Because um, mm-hmm. if someone tries to take you near your car, hit the panic button. You know, that's going to scare them. That's going to draw a lot of attention. Mm-hmm. They don't want that. But have a stronger weapon. I carry pepper spray with me. And a pocket knife everywhere I go. Not that that's going to do much harm, but... But it but could. It could. If you, if you really want to, carry mm-hmm. a taser. I, I sit dogs for a lady who has, keeps a taser on her dresser by her bed. Like, yeah. whatever you got to do, whatever you feel comfortable mm-hmm. using, use it. Mm-hmm. But have that ready. Be prepared and be observant of your surroundings always. Because these things could help prevent an attack. And this is directed at both... Many and no, women. this is anybody. This kids, is anybody. Kids, kids children, everybody. elderly, whatever you got to do. The second one, if someone comes up to you, try to defuse the situation. If they just want your money, 
give them your money. You can get money back. You can cancel your credit or debit card. John Mulaney does a skit. (laughs) He said that a guy used to come to their school and talk about preventing them Mm -hmm. from being kidnapped, but they said, always get a money clip. Get a money clip separate from your wallet and throw the money clip. Yeah. One way and run the other. There's no point. If they don't want to attack you specifically, you personally, like your body, they just want your stuff and you can't fight back, give them your stuff and run away. It will be okay. It will be okay. Your life's more important. Right. It will be okay. And with these two as well, if someone approaches you, look around at the people around you. Look at their face. You might be able to describe them perfectly and please know who they are. You know what I mean? Mm Mm-hmm. I, I try to check people's license plate numbers all the time. Now I do that all yeah. the time. <laughs> I try to memorize them as they drive away. Like, even if I need to remember for the next 30 seconds. Yeah. I will. <laughs> yeah. Or I try to, when I walk pe- walk Belle on the dog trail before people get close to me, I try to memorize, like, what they're wearing. Mm-hmm. I'm like, blue t-shirt, blue baseball hat, red shoes, <laughs> guy with a mustache. Yeah. 70s, maybe. Like, I don't know. It's always good. It's always good to have any information that you can have. Mm-hmm. Rule number three, just run if you can. Get somewhere safe. Mm-hmm. Like if you were, if you're next to a McDonald's, run to the McDonald's. Mm-hmm. People will be there. No one's going to try to kidnap you while other people are watching, most likely. They're dumb if they do. The person will probably stop if you're around other people. Mm-hmm. Or get somewhere where there's a camera, I guess, too, because then they could see Yeah, happen. I would also say um, on college campuses, and they sometimes at hospitals, Emergency they, buttons. Right, and they're usually along certain paths, so if you mm-hmm. can walk along that pathway, it's mm-hmm. good. To hit those buttons. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, always be, always walk in places that you feel comfortable, that there's people, it's well lit. Um, don't make your routine exact though no Um, no, no. that's always a good tip Mm -hmm. so yes walk those paths but maybe switch up the time you're walking those paths Mm -hmm. you don't want somebody to be like every day six o'clock they come out of the library or have two or three different routes that you walk yeah that you feel comfortable with yeah switch it up switch it up every now and then now if you do get attacked be loud the louder Mm -hmm. the better um the situations where you're being attacked and you start screaming, not only will this intimidate your attacker, mm-hmm. it's going to draw attention. Yeah. Um, th- they might be, oh, oh, shit, like they're going to scream, I'm not doing this. Mm-hmm. Or you never know, somebody could be behind a building and they're like, oh, what is that? And they come out yeah. t- to see what happened. Now, I I don't know if this is true. I didn't write this down, but I know most people say to yell fire instead of help. Oh, yeah, people are more likely, people are more likely to come to if you respond. yell fire. Mm-hmm. Scream whatever you can, though, at yeah. this point. There's a little girl on TikTok who says, I'm not going to get it exactly right, but she gives tips for kids mm-hmm. who are being potentially abducted. Yep. And she says, drop, like, put all, like, just be dead weight. Yeah. And then if, like, you slip out of their hands and then you flail yeah. and scream and kick. Yeah. And then as soon as you can run, you run. Right. But, like screaming and being loud yeah you have to attract attention right you can't be the only one there in that situation yeah somebody's if you're walking in a place that you know there's people who are as well lit or somebody's gonna be around hopefully Mm -hmm. so scream and if nobody's around maybe again maybe if you scream the attacker will stop for even two seconds and then you have that two seconds to run assess the situation figure mm-hmm. out a place you can go. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like any time is an advantage. Like we said, flailing great. 
hit them. Hit them where it hurts. Mm-hmm. Eyes, nose, ears, neck, groin, knees, and legs are the areas that one can deal the most damage. Throat punch them. Yeah, that was actually one of the moves I look, I uh, saw. It was literally like punch them in the throat as hard yeah. as you can. Scratch their eyes. Go for their ears. Try to pull their ears off. Mm-hmm. Um, use the heel of your palm or your elbow to hit their nose. Mm-hmm. Depending on where they are, if they're in front of you, use the heel of your palm punch their nose if they're behind you just start swinging those elbows baby that little girl on tiktok she says that um a lot of times men will reflexively block their groin Mm -hmm. so you fake to the groin go for the face well no really because (laughs) if if you go to block your groin you're gonna hunch down a little bit and it's gonna leave your neck open yeah punch them in the neck punch them in the Eyes, the go for the face, and again, we're not necessarily here. Hurt them as bad as you can, yes, absolutely. Take them out, but we're not necessarily here to fight. Once again, you're here to get away. You're creating an opportunity to run away. You're creating. I'm not going to beat somebody that's going to try to kidnap me. I understand this. I'm tiny. I'm not that strong. My whole goal is to punch them as hard as I can so they stagger backwards and I can run away. Pluck a piece of hair from them, though. Well, it could be, yeah, DNA. bite them's actually a good one because then it proves that, like, your teeth were on. Yeah, anyway, I saw that on CSI or something like that. She bit the car door, the inside car door of the guy who had kidnapped her. And so they had proof that she was, like, in his car. Yeah, good. Just saying. Let's see, what else? Kicking the attacker's knee on the side is the best way to not only hurt them but make them fall off balance good so they so a lot of the places said to like try to kick them also if you're kicking low like towards their knees they're less likely to be able to grab a hold of you Mm -hmm. because they can't reach your body but they also can't like bend down right reach your leg and Mm -hmm. if they do again punch them in the face sure now I just wrote this for my, not for myself, but I thought it was important. Um, do not feel bad. And I quote, attack that m- like your life depends on it because it might. Yeah, it might. No. I don't care how nice you are. Try to kill that. It's self-defense. It's self-defense. Literally. Yeah. This was another one I saw and Susan actually used this as well. I just wrote physics. When doing any of these attacks... Put as much of your weight behind them as possible. Mm-hmm. Because the if you can't hurt them, the best thing you can do, again, is knock them off balance. Yeah. If you can get them off balance, again, that's giving you an opportunity to run away, to mm-hmm. find help, to do something, to get your pepper spray, to get your taser out. You know what I mean? Or even have half a second to think about what the next move is. Exactly. Exactly. So throw your, throw your weight into them if you mm-hmm. can. Don't knock yourself off balance, obviously. Right. But you want to, again, go hard. Go hard in the paint. <laughs> um, and the last one that I have written down, use whatever you can. If you don't have any tools with you, you don't have your keys, you know, you don't have pepper spray, grab whatever you can. Rocks. Throw rocks. Throw dirt in their eyes. Nobody really carries hairspray, but one of the tips was spray hairspray in their eye if you can. If sure. you have it. Some people do. Grab a brick that's on the ground. Get a stick. Like, jab them in the eyes with a stick. Like, just grab whatever you can. Make it hard for them to get a hold of you. Oh, if you have rings on your hands, don't you punch with your thumb inside your fist. No, no, absolutely. Actually, I a lot of the places said again, use the palm of your or mm-hmm. use the heel of your palm because that's going to be harder than punching. Yeah, I was just thinking if you had rings on your hand, it would true slap be helpful. Psh, psh. Oh yeah. Psh, psh, psh. 
So those are all the ones that I have. Obviously, if you Google self-defense, mm-hmm. there's going to be a lot of stuff that comes up. Um, it's going to be, clearly it's going to be a little bit difficult to learn these things from just looking at them. That's mm-hmm. why I up front said take a self-defense class. Because mm-hmm. um, that's going to be the best thing you can do to make yourself feel better and i know Um, that it's hard right now with social distancing yeah but what you probably could do is look for classes in the area where you can sign up with a friend and use Mm -hmm. them as your partner yeah because if it's someone you're around anyway yeah can work together and it will be less exposure right right exactly i hope so definitely look it up my sources will be on bugandarug.podbean.com and I have all the stuff on Susan. There's also a couple where I got some of these self-defense tips from. Mm -hmm. Some of them showed specific moves you could do. Um, Again, I can't really explain those, so I didn't put those in there. But take a look. Take a look. Be like Susan also in that if you're getting separated or divorced, that you change all of your stuff out of that person's name. Yeah. So there's less of a reason. Yes, but also don't be like Susan and don't keep your locks the same. Change your locks. Change your locks. Change your locks. Get a new security code. I guess I get she was going to have him watch the cats. But still. But still. Cameras. Cameras. Cameras Do whatever you can. Security. Because that goes back right up to the top. That's prevention, baby. That's prevention Mm -hmm. right there. Ring doorbells. Ring doorbells. We Our parents have one. You will see who's going in your house. Yeah. Even if it's you. Especially if it's you. <laughs> so anyway, what'd you think? What'd you think of my story? Um, I mean, my palms got real sweaty. Arms weak. No, knees weak. Mom's Mom spaghetti. spaghetti. Um, <laughs> but um, I actually, you talked about this with mom and dad the other day, this story, but Hold I didn't on. know... But I didn't know the extent of it, so I didn't, I didn't realize yeah. how, like, wild it was. Good for Susan. Mm-hmm. Um, man, this was, like, a bad Tinder story gone wrong before Tinder was a thing. Oh, my God. I remember watching an I Survived episode. I'm obsessed with I Survived. Again, I used to watch it all the time when I was a child. Maybe that's why I love this true crime stuff so much there's a woman who met somebody on an ad like this i Mm -hmm. distinctly remember this and she said that she had a pet dog and it was a small dog and it didn't like him it didn't like him yeah it did not like him he came to pick her up for their date and the dog was growling at him it like sat on his feet it would it would not let her go and she's like oh my dog's just being funny and then they came back and he like attacked her and she's like hot damn my dog was right like he he was a jerk the whole time yeah Trust your instinct. Trust your animal's instincts. Yeah, that's absolutely. all I'm saying. If my if my animals at the zoo don't like somebody in an encounter, I automatically don't like them either. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, you got a bad vibe. Me too. Me too. I think that you know these were great tips for people. I think it's a good idea to just take you know take ten minutes before bed tonight after listening to this and look up some self-defense tips look up a youtube video on Mm self-defense look for a class in your area it won't take that much time out of your day to do but it could save your life yeah and i get very heated about this stuff because although i haven't taken a self-defense class boy howdy i i just think everybody needs to fight as hard as they can if this ever happens god forbid it does just kill them you knock three more quarters 
You don't have three more quarters. You got one quarter. Yeah. You get one wife. <laughs> you get one wife. Why? I don't know. <laughs> you can, You have one opportunity to fight as hard as you can for yeah. your own life. Mm-hmm. Do it. Yeah. Yeah. Watch I survived. They, I mean, all of them will tell you. They've decided to fight as hard as they could. That one guy cut his arm off in order to be free. Well, he got attacked by boulders. At the same time. <laughs> I mean, physics, right? I don't know. <laughs> Prevention. Don't go hiking. By yourself. This goes back to the last episode. And then DLF passed. I'm going to go hiking with a group of eight people. Oh, no. I don't know. I don't know if they found those people. Doesn't matter. We're going to spiral. Thank you for the story. It is mm-hmm. going to keep me up at night looking for self-defense classes. Yeah, for I us actually to take. looked them up. There's a couple places around here that do do them. We'll just have to find a day. We're signing up for self-defense classes. Let us know if you are too. Yeah. We can swap tips afterwards yeah. or practice together. Practice. You just come surprise me. We'll see if I can break your nose. <laughs> Don't don't come surprise us. We might break your nose. We might break your nose. And Caitlin already said she's not stopping. (laughs) She's showing no mercy. No mercy. No mercy. Absolutely no mercy at all. Don't. It's not worth it. You snuck up on me. (laughs) This is your fault, even if it's a prank. That's why I don't like surprise birthday parties. I just want to fight everybody. (laughs) I will never walk in your room while you're sleeping again. (laughs) Well, if I'm sleeping, that's why I keep a sword by my bed. <laughs> I used to keep, I don't know if you remember this, I used to keep a cap gun by my bed because I was convinced that if I shot the cap gun, it would scare the intruder I mean, I mean, it would, at least for a second. And if not, smack him across the face with it. Yeah, absolutely. Pistol whip him. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. You're laughing, but yeah. <laughs> I will post pictures on our Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook uh instagram and twitter at bia or podcast facebook's just bug and rug again check out all my resources at bug and let us know on any of those social media sites if you have signed up for a self-defense class we will send you a sticker you can also email us uh, bia or podcast at gmail.com if you live near us and you want you don't want to go by yourself to self-defense class let us know we'll go with you absolutely yeah thank you for the story and thank you susan for being an inspiration to us all as a nurse and a survivor absolutely absolutely all righty then survivor we brought it full we bought circle. a full circle for the- <laughs> I'm a survivor. I don't know the words. It's time to go. I'm now. a survivor. I ain't gonna give up. Oh, I will survive. I ain't gonna stop now. Come on, survive. That's uh, it's it. all right. <laughs> anyway, we'll go look up the words. Survivor. <laughs> Signing off. My name's Caitlin. I'm Whitney. Bye. Sweet tie.